the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Time now for New Hope Radio on AM 1100 KFAX. This program is the radio ministry of New Hope Christian Fellowship in Hayward, a place of healing and restoration. Now here's today's message of hope. This is food that endures. This is food that endures. So let's go back to verse 28 and 29. In verse 28, they reply to Jesus and they say, we want to perform God's works too. What should we do? These people, are, they're, they're so focused on the doing, and they're neglecting their being. And Jesus is saying, no, focus on your being first. Being my son, being my daughter. And in that, the doing will flow out. But Jesus is bringing them back to what matters most here. It reminds me of a story in Luke chapter 10. <laughs> And I want everyone that's in any type of leadership or serving to just listen to me right now, please. There's a story of Jesus visiting the home of two sisters, Mary and Martha, Martha and Mary. And I'm not going to read it, but <clears throat> it's, it's very short and I encourage you to read it. <clears throat> it's at the end of Luke chapter 10. <clears throat> Excuse me. And Jesus shows up to their house and they know that Jesus is coming to visit And it says that Jesus shows up and Martha is just busy getting ready for Jesus to come. She's preparing a meal. She's just trying to clean up. She's trying to just do everything. And and when Jesus shows up, Mary, her sister, realizes who is in our house. And she goes and just sits at the feet of Jesus. I can just imagine she's just in awe that the living God, the son of God is in our house. He's come to visit us in the flesh. Can you imagine that? So Mary is sitting at Jesus's feet, but Martha is just off doing, 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 doing. And she's neglecting the fact that Jesus is in the other room. She's focused on the meal that needs to be ready. She's probably still finishing up cleaning. She's getting everything just ready. And if you read that, there's a couple things that the word says. It says, number one is Martha was distracted. She was distracted by the doing. Then she became demanding. She says, Jesus, she comes back into the room. She sees her sister sitting at Jesus' feet. She says, Jesus, this isn't fair. Look at my, I'm doing all this stuff, and my sister is just sitting at your feet. Then she says this, tell her to get up and help me. So number one, she's distracted. Number two, she's now demanding. And number three, which is really the, the worst thing of all, is she's disconnected from the presence of God. She's disconnected. From Jesus himself that's sitting in her house. So Martha is 
so focused on doing, 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 while Mary is focused on just being at the feet of Jesus. And then Jesus goes on to say this. He says, Martha, Martha. He says, there's only one thing worth being concerned about. Other translations say, only one thing is necessary, is essential. And what your sister is doing right now is the one thing. You see, in 2023, we got to get back to the one thing. The one thing that matters most. Because here's the thing. Martha was not a bad person. Not at all. But her priority was just off. She was so focused on on doing. Jesus, I got to do, I got to do, I got to do, I got to do. And she neglected the one thing that matters the most. And I believe that what Jesus is saying is he's saying everything that you do for me has to flow out of you just being in my presence. And if you prioritize that, then the doing will just be an overflow of that. So we can't neglect that. That's the one thing that matters most. And and really, that's that's what we're focusing on in this 21 days of fasting and praying. It's getting back to that one thing. That matter. Yes, we're going to serve together this year. We're going to do some amazing things, and, and we're going we're gonna to do some kingdom work for the Lord, and we're going to do it together. We're going to do it together. But we're going to start off this year focusing on the one thing that matters most, and that's prioritizing the presence of God in a greater way in our life. Amen? And we're going to do it together. So Martha's making a meal while Mary's sitting. She's making a meal that perishes, right? Food that perishes while literally the bread of life is sitting in the other room. The food that endures is right there and she's disconnected from his presence. So I'm going to talk a little bit about fasting now. In Matthew chapter 17, don't turn there. I'm just going to be paraphrasing some of these stories, but in Matthew 17, also in Mark nine, it's the same story. It's a story of when Jesus heals a demon-possessed boy. And the story goes on that Jesus shows up and there's this boy that is demon-possessed. He's throwing himself all over the place. It's a crazy situation. And his father is there. And his father comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, please help. Please help heal my son. And then he says this, "I, I brought him to your disciples and they couldn't help me. And then Jesus says a couple things here that I want us to to grasp, okay? So he says something to disciples, but then he, he turns to the boy, he heals the boy, okay? But when the father says, I brought him to your disciples, and they couldn't help me, Jesus turns to his disciples, and he says this to them in, Mark, in Matthew 17, 17. He says, you faithless and corrupt people. How long must I be with you? How long must I put up with this? Bring the boy to me. I read that. I was like, that's kind of extreme, Jesus. So you just called your disciples faithless and corrupt. But there's always something deeper and there's a meaning here, right? So he turns to his disciples and says, you faithless and corrupt people. How long must I be with you? How long must I put up with this? Bring the boy to me. He heals the boy. Then his disciples come to him and they say, Jesus, why couldn't we 
cast that demon out. And then in Mark 9, verse 29, he says, this type only comes out by prayer and fasting. So the disciples can't heal the boy. You got to get this. He turns to them. He says, you faithless and corrupt people, this type only comes out by prayer and fasting. Let's look at these words really quick. He says, you faithless and corrupt people. How do we become faithless? We become faithless when we are disconnected from God. When we are disconnected from God, doubt begins to fill our minds. Unbelief begins to fill our spirits. We begin to be riddled with fear. We're weak spiritually, right? Because we are disconnected from God. We become faithless when we're disconnected from God. Then he says, you corrupt people. The, the, the root word that's used here is, is the word um, perverse. You corrupt or perverse people. How are you corrupt or you're perverse? You're corrupt or perverse when you are too connected to the world. You guys getting this now? You see where we're going? He says you're too disconnected from God and you're still too connected to the world. You're too led by your flesh still, not by the spirit. The desires that you have that are leading you are not my desires. You're too connected to the world. You're too disconnected from God. You're faithless and you're too connected to the world. You're corrupt. And he says this type only comes out by prayer. And fasting. What is prayer? Prayer is connecting to God. It's connecting to him. It's it's plugging into God. Plugging into the source of your strength. What is fasting? Fasting is disconnecting from the world. It's disconnecting. It's fighting our flesh. It's, it's, it's becoming to be in tune with the Spirit, being led by the Spirit in a greater way. It's being able to hear God's voice because I'm disconnecting from the world. I'm fighting my flesh. Everything that, that was, 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 was tuning out God's voice, I'm being in tune now with His voice. We begin to receive clarity. For God's will, for his purpose for our life, with the direction that he wants us to head in. We begin to to, to know his heart in a greater way. His desires become our desires. That's why it said in John 15, where we just read, he says this. He says, but if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask me for anything you want and it'll be granted. Why can we ask him for anything we want? It's because our desire now is his desire. So what we're desiring is what he desires for us because we are remaining in him. We are connected to him. So he says, you faithless and corrupt people, this type only comes out by prayer and fasting. You're too disconnected from God. You're too connected to the world. You got to connect to God and you got to disconnect from the world. I believe this. I believe that our physical obedience can bring about a spiritual release, spiritual victory, our physical obedience. And I use this word obedience because this in in Matthew chapter six, Jesus says, when you pray and when you fast, not 
if you pray or if you fast, but when you pray, when you fast. So there's, there's, there's this expectation, really, that Jesus has for us to pray and to fast. And I think for a lot of us, we, we try to pray, but have we made fasting part of our spiritual lives? I need to do that in a greater way this year, not just for these 21 days. But this needs to be a regular occurrence in my life. If you really want clarity, if you really want to be led by the Lord, if you really want to know that you're in God's will, we got to fast, church. We got to fast. He says, when, he says, when you pray, when you fast. So there's this, this obedience that comes along with it. Look at Exodus chapter 17. Don't turn there, but in Exodus chapter 17, there's a story where Moses and the Israelites are in a battle against the Amalekites. Okay, and the Lord instructs Moses to go up to a hill overlooking the battle. You guys know this story? And he instructs him, Moses, I want you to raise your hands during this battle. And you have the staff in your one hand, and I want you to raise up your hands. And as Moses raises his hands on the mountaintop because he's being obedient to what the Lord told him to do, the Israelites begin to win the battle. Joshua is down there fighting and leading the Israelites, and Moses is up on the hill, and he's raising his hands. They're winning the battle. The moment that he drops his hands down, the Amalekite army begins to win the battle. So Moses has to keep his hands raised, and thank God he has Aaron and her next to him to help him keep his hands raised, right? But what this shows me is that that, that physical obedience, Moses had an obedience in the physical that translated to a spiritual release that was happening on the battlefield. I mean, how many of you are facing some opposition right now in your life? Maybe you're facing some things that are just tough and just these things are coming against you and you feel like maybe you're in a spiritual battle. We need to pray. We need to fast. We need to be obedient to the Lord because fasting is hungering after God. It's hungering after Him. It's when we, when we feel the physical hunger rise up, we say, God, no, I'm hungry for you more. I want you more. I desire you more than anything my flesh can try to make me feel that I want right now. I want you more, God. I desire you more. Psalm 73, verse 25, the psalmist says, Whom have I in heaven but you? I desire you more than anything on earth. That scripture is so powerful. I've prayed that scripture to God over this past year. To God, I don't know if I'm here, but I'm, I'm going to say this out, God, that I... I desire you more than anything. There's nothing on this earth that can compare to you. God, I desire you more than anything here. Nothing comes close to you, God. I pray that we could pray that prayer in all honesty and sincerity to the Lord. That God, I desire you more than anything. There's nothing else, not even my wife or my kids. There's nothing else that I desire more than you. I desire you, God, more than anything. Daniel chapter 10. 
Daniel has been receiving visions, and the visions that Daniel has been receiving from the Lord, Daniel knows that they're pointing to a time of calamity for the people of Israel. But he receives a, a specific vision in Daniel chapter 10, and he knows that it's not good for the people, but he doesn't know exactly what he means. So he goes into this time of mourning, and along with the mourning time, he's praying and he's fasting for three weeks to seek clarity for this vision that God has given him. But he's mourning because he knows that it's not good for his people. So he's crying out to God on behalf of his people. Okay, you got to get this. It's not about his own self. He's, he's mourning, he's crying out to God for, for the people. And he goes into this time of prayer and fasting, and he says this, he says this, he says, I, Daniel, for three weeks ate no desirable food. I want you to get that word, desirable. He says, I ate no desirable food. And then a couple verses later, the angel of the Lord shows up, and he says this to Daniel. He says, oh, Daniel, you are very precious and desirable. To God. Daniel says, for three weeks, I ate no desirable food. The angel shows up and says, oh, Daniel, I got to remind you something. You are so desirable to God. The word that is used here in the Hebrew, the original word is the exact same word. When Daniel says, I ate no desirable food, and then God reminds him, you are so desirable to me. Do you see the correlation here? It's not that we become more desirable to God. I don't believe that because God's love for us is already at an 11. And there's nothing that's going to change that. He loves us. He desires you more than you could ever imagine. Us crying out to him in this time of of praying and fasting, it's it's great. But the, 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 the amount that God desires us doesn't even compare to anything that we could ever put towards him. It just can't. He desires us. But as Daniel says, I gave up this desirable food. And then God shows up through the angel and says, oh, Daniel, I got to remind you how desirable you are to me. And then he says this. And the moment that you started praying and fasting, the very moment that you started, your request was heard in heaven. And I've come now to bring clarity to your situation. How many need clarity to your situation? God wants to bring clarity. There's no greater way to seek that clarity than to devote yourself to a time of prayer and fasting, desiring God, saying, Lord, I desire you. Yes, I need clarity, God, but see, we have to understand what what the real motive is here. Are we just seeking his hand in the fasting, we've got to go deeper here, right? I, I think it's good to fast for clarity and direction. That will come. I promise you it will. But is that the purpose or are you fasting because you're hungry for him? Because you desire him more than anything on earth. That has to be our motive, you guys. But in that, I promise you God will bring so much clarity to your situation. You'll begin to hear the voice of God in a way that that you never knew you could hear God's voice. When you devote yourself to that, when when you crucify your flesh, 
something begins to happen. So do you want clarity? Do you want breakthrough to come in your life? Or maybe like Daniel and and so many of the other prophets in the Bible, Daniel was mourning. He was crying out, not even because of, of his own situation, but because of his people. Maybe you want to cry out or make this part of why you're doing this for your loved ones, your family, your friends that, that you know are headed on a path of destruction. And you want to cry out. You want to go into a time of mourning, of prayer and fasting for their salvation. It's just like Nehemiah in the Bible. And I'm almost done here. I'm, I'm, I'm closing right now. Nehemiah in the Bible, the same type of thing. Nehemiah, the, 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 the people of God were exiled at this time. And Nehemiah is serving the Persian king as his cupbearer. And he gets word from his people that have gone back to the city of Jerusalem to find that the city has been, it's in ruins. And the wall around the city has been destroyed and is crushed down. And, and this just brings great sorrow to Nehemiah, who's in a distant land, serving the king of, of Persia. And he begins to cry out to God. He begins to go into this time of mourning, this time of praying and fasting to seek God's will, to seek clarity in this situation. And God begins to stir some things up in Nehemiah. And he begins to share what his will is for his life. And that's to go back and to rebuild the wall around your hometown, around God's city. And so he gets this clarity, and, and he goes and he serves the king like he normally does, this, this king of Persia, that really, there's no reason for this king to let Daniel go back and rebuild the wall. There's no reason for it. He doesn't really gain anything by it, right? But he sees Daniel's countenance, and he sees that something is troubling, uh, not Daniel, Nehemiah, and he says, Nehemiah, what's wrong? And, he's, and, and Nehemiah just cries out, and he says, oh, king, how could I not be in sorrow My city, my town, the walls are in ruin. And and God gives Nehemiah favor. He gives him favor with that king. And he does something to the heart of that king. And that king says, go ahead, Nehemiah. What do you need to go back and rebuild the wall? Nehemiah tells him, and he even comes back to the king and says, can can you also give me a letter of free passage so I can get through? And the king gives him everything he wants. and, And Nehemiah goes back and rebuilds the wall. And, 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 and really, I looked at that, and it was that time of, of fasting and committing himself to the Lord that he received clarity, that he had confidence. I mean, this is a big thing to ask, that he had the confidence to know that this is God's will. And I'm going to go to the king, and I'm just going to ask him. And the favor of the Lord was upon Nehemiah because he was in the will of God. See, that's what it is. I, I don't necessarily believe that we can get more favor but I believe that we can know God's heart in a greater way. We can know his will for our life in a greater way. We can have so much more clarity about, Lord, we're, we're, I'm at a crossroads in my life. Which direction do you want me to take? I got to hear your voice. I need to know your heart on this, God. So we're going to pray. We're going to fast. 2023, we're going we're gonna to get back to the food that endures. We're going to get back to the feet of Jesus, abiding in his presence. This is what matters the most to all the leaders. Everything that we do for him, it has to flow out of this place of intimacy with God. It has to be an overflow. And I'm going to tell you this right now as, as the campus pastor of this church. If there are some things in your life that you feel are, are, are being neglected or whatever because you're serving, serving, serving. And if your spiritual life is hurting, stop serving. 
and focus on his presence in your life. It's the most thing that matters. I've said this to some of the leaders. We value sitting over serving. And what I mean by that is sitting at the feet of Jesus. Not just, oh, we got to sit you down because you're in sin or whatever. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying we value sitting first at the feet of Jesus, making sure that, man, your foundation in that is intact. You're spiritually healthy. And then the doing for him will flow out of that. You receive that today? Are you excited to fast now with us today? I want to encourage you guys. I know this is not the most popular message because it's something that is going to require something that is not pleasant. It's not comfortable, but that's exactly how it needs to be. How much do you desire God? How hungry are you for him? How hungry are you to know his will, to know his heart? I've said this before as we close out to the year. I I believe that this year will be the greatest year in your life if you commit to his presence in a greater way, to his word in a greater way. If you commit to that, I promise you this will be the greatest year. I'm not saying that you're going to receive the most monetary blessings or whatever, but at the end of this year, if you commit now to saying, God, I'm going to commit to you in a way I've never done it before, in a greater way, I promise you at the end of the year, you'll have the same type of reflection that I had and say, Lord, man, I am better now. I'm a better father. I'm a better husband. I'm a better son. I'm a better reflection of you now. Not perfect at all. I got all kinds of room to grow. And I'm going to do that this year. This has been New Hope Radio, a ministry of New Hope Christian Fellowship. You're invited to worship with them at 22110 Montgomery Street in Hayward. Services are held Sundays at 10 a.m. For other service times and more information, see New Hope Christian Fellowship online at nhcfonline.org. That's nhcfonline.org. Join us next week at this time for New Hope Radio here on AM 1100 KFAX. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.